one. John action as we're going through the letters A, B, C, D, E we are up to and we will get Nikki as soon as we are live back in action from taking a knee to lighten your Christmas tree either way it's a victory as you're now in winning territory on the third and three podcast with my incredible could not do without co-host tricky Nikki Gist Nikki good Wednesday evening to you how are we doing today as we prepare for not only football but the holidays as well Hi, I'm pretty good. Um, we had our first snow here in Jersey today. Well, where I live on the Jersey Shore. Um, so it wasn't, you know, what it was that nuisance snow where you're like, ah, it's not enough to like shut anything down. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it's been chilly and snowy, but um, yeah, no, other than that, pretty good. Well, you know, I remember those days and yeah, I can't compare over here. I mean, everybody's in their winter coats down here in South Florida, it's 55 degrees and people are freaking 55 out. 55 like, in a winter coat. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm like sitting on the porch. I'm hanging out. I'm like, this is the shorts on. Like, yeah, man, I'm chilling. People look at me like I'm from another planet. And I'm like, nope, just New York where the real world is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And speaking of New York, Nick, your Giants stunned the football loving universe by beating up the Seahawks. And then a day later, the Washington football team knocks the Steelers off their perfect, uh, you know, season run. But it's amazing how we're talking Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, all preseason. And look where we are with Washington and the New York Giants in the NFC's battling it out. Amazing, right, Nick? It's amazing. Um, I'm very happy. And uh, yeah, it's 2020. So we should have known that that was not, that it was not going to be the Eagles in Dallas. So. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Hey, we got a couple of shout outs to give tonight, including one tremendous announcement. And this is a big one, guys, for the third and three podcast family. Our listeners know that Damian Adams wasn't with us last week on the third and three podcast. And for good reason, he's not here tonight. But he'll be back next week. He'll be back in action. Nikki, could you tell our audience why the real deal, Damian Adams, is not with us tonight? Yes, D is not with us because he is currently on his honeymoon because he got married last weekend. And we are so happy for him. So excited. I wish them nothing but the absolute best. Um, I know he did a little thank you video on Facebook, which was very sweet. I watched that last night. Um, and it's just, you know, I get that. I also had a destination wedding, got married uh, in Miami and it's a lot. And just have everybody come and travel for you, especially during this year and the pandemic. Um, so that was a sweet video and I hope he is enjoying time with his wife and enjoying life. And we can't wait to have you back next week. Oh, so well said. That's hard to follow right there. Huge congratulations to our man, D. He is, again, a third of this third and three podcast family. You know, and we're trying to hold it down from as best we can. And we're just so happy, man. Congratulations to you. I mean, everybody was standing up. We're giving you a round of applause. There's no doubt about it. 
<laughs> and yeah, you're right. That video was great. He's awesome. You know, just really, we're, we're so happy for you, bro. And uh, can't wait to have you back. But bro, enjoy the honeymoon. Enjoy everything. Congratulations to you and your new wife. Everything in front of you guys right now. So, Nikki, you know how it goes. You, you know, you did it. So, there you go. Like you're saying, rock and roll time. Yes. Rock, rock and roll time. Enjoy the honeymoon happy. time. And I would say, D, not that you're asking for marriage advice, but separate bathrooms is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> if you swing it one day, maybe you already have that. But I'm telling you, separate bathrooms is really a great thing. Hey, there you go. Hey, listen, man, even people have been married for 50 years, they need still need marriage advice. So whenever we can give it out, we're happy to. So Damien, awesome, bro. Can't wait to have you back next week and uh, telling some of the folks about what had gone on during the honeymoon, but not everything, not everything. Oh, right. so, yeah, right. <laughs> keep some things in the closet over there. But um, I got one shout out. I know you do also. I got to shout out Tom Legrand. He's at Dr. Tom 78. That's Dr. Tom 78. He's a great friend of our family over here on Third and Three. He's always got our back. He retweets everything about our show. And we wanted to return the favor to Tom, who's a professor at Limestone University. And he played football at Furman. And he's a huge Steelers fan. Listen, make sure you check out his unique articles at the World's Worst Pastor blog. If that doesn't get you to want to just jump in right away, I don't know what does. And you can easily find him on Twitter page. Again, at Dr. Tom 78 and the website is www.blog.com. So big ups to Tom LeGrand. We appreciate you, buddy, man. Keep doing your thing. Yes, I'm a fan of Tom. Now I want to check that blog out. I'm interested. Oh, yeah, right? The, the name is, you know, the world's worst pastor blog. That just gets you right there, man. So, and I got to see yep, what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Nick, I know you had one, too. I do. I want to shout out um, the Family Plot Podcast. I know we are a sports podcast, but that doesn't mean that only sports podcasts support us. Um, they are very supportive of us, always retweeting and, and getting us on a follow Friday. Um, so their podcast is about strange history, true crime, some paranormal activities. So very cool family plot podcast. Thank you for your support. And you can find them on Twitter at plot underscore family. So check them out. I like that. I like that a lot. The paranormal stuff, you know, I can get down with that right there. I know you can. (laughs) I'm all about that. You never know what it could be. That's very interesting. You saw in um, real life news that apparently we have made contact with aliens. So I thought you would find that interesting. Well, I, I've known, I've been trying to tell you for a long time. I've known about this sort of stuff. We've been in contact for a while with the secret space program. It's not so secret anymore. A lot of stuff is getting out. So there you go. I'm, I know. Contact with aliens, no big deal to me. I've seen them before. I've hung out with them. I know they're there. <laughs> well, man, we'll talk about We'll go to Area 51 another time, but we are going to get into a little bit of news right now. And, you know, it's sports. So here news and notes from the world of sports. That's how we're going to do it this week. So let's get down real quick over here, Nikki. Jalen Hurts is going to start for the Eagles. I say finally because they're going nowhere this year. How do you feel about it? Oh, you know I'm happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean – I know we talked about this a few weeks ago um, when all three of us were on. It was kind of like, eh, should we see what Carson Wentz does? But 
you know, I'm of the mind of like, you drafted the kids, so let's just see. You know what I mean? Obviously, Carson Wentz is broken. I know we break down the game, we'll get there, but um, I'm all for it. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm all for it. Look, they drafted him in the second round, so you might as well see what you got in a broken year. Yeah, it kind of sucks that he's thrown into this team, but if he can do better with them and it shows on the field and the players respond, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's left to do. I mean, that's tough. You know, he's kind of Carson Wentz is kind of being hated in Philly right now. We talked about it. He'd be great on another team like the Colts, you know, maybe a few others. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens down the line. But I'm definitely looking forward to Jalen Hurts uh, playing a full game and see what he could do. More news, Panthers COVID issues linked to gatherings, meaning that, hey, maybe they're not following the rules, man. You get, if, you know, they're tracing everybody. So, you know, Nick, you got to follow the freaking rules. Otherwise, you're going to have an outbreak and you're screwing up the season, and it keeps going on and on and on and on. Speaking of screwing it up, the Jets blow it. Or did they, Nikki? <laughs> I wonder, <laughs> did they? Did Greg Williams say, oh, no, I'm going to get fired tomorrow, so let's just throw this whole thing out of here, and let's go get Trevor next year. Maybe there's money under the table. I don't know. But that was horrible. I mean, we'll get into that game more. But, I mean, just, oh, God, wow. Oh, boy. But another great story is Alex Smith. I know you're not thrilled about it with him being a Washington, but, of course, you are – compassionate wonderful person so the fact that he's just out there winning games knocking the Steelers off that's great no bye weeks this week guys every team is scheduled to play all the way through Monday when the Ravens visit the Browns in a huge division battle who thought except for maybe me I don't know that that we'd be talking about that with the Browns at nine and three but Nikki before we get to everything else one thought I'd like to run past you and I don't know why the NFL hasn't done this before and that's with the Thursday night games. You know, this, year, this year has been a complete mess. You know, they have games on Tuesday and Wednesday and whatnot. But I want your thoughts on this. As I've always proposed this as far as the NFL scheduling. The teams that play on Thursday night should have their bye week the week before the Thursday night game. So no team would have any short weeks. And I'm sure the schedule makers can handle that. So as opposed to having a short week, you give those two teams a bye the week before. And I'm sure they can figure it out. And this way... You know, there's no complaining and there's no, you know, crappy games on Thursday. Does that make sense? It does make perfect sense. And I know it's something that a lot of people have said. And, you know, despite how (laughs) Roger Goodell runs the league, um, they do have very smart, intelligent people in the organization. I am sure they can figure it out. I'm curious as to why it can't be done. Yeah, I I don't know either. I mean, I mean, uh... Look, I know it's tough to make a schedule. Obviously, I've never done it before. You're including 16 teams, different cities, Monday night, Thursday night football. I get it all. But, yeah, I mean, you would think that that would be the most logical thing to do because what's the biggest problem with Thursday night games? It's a short week. So figure it out. I'm sure they can figure that stuff out. You already got bye weeks in there anyway. So drop those Thursday night games in and make sure you got a bye. I just, like you said, I'm not the first one to say it. A lot of people have. I think that's the way to go. But. Then again, what the hell do I freaking know? <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe they'll, they listen to everything else we say. So maybe they'll finally listen to this one maybe. over here on third and three. Well, you right? know what I was thinking? Maybe. Well, while they're at it, could they schedule some better games? And I got to tell you, I know COVID has messed up a lot of things, but I don't hate a Tuesday night game. Like, I, I, I you know, I think, like, we've actually kind of gotten used to the random Tuesday-Wednesday game. Um, yeah. And I think that I see this yesterday. Somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Fox is just like, or they're washing their hands of Thursday night football. They don't want it. I guess Amazon is in play for that. 
Um, yeah, so maybe with right. some like yes yeah, streaming option, maybe they will move a day. Who knows? I wonder what the ratings are on a Tuesday, Wednesday versus Thursday. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting one right there. That's yeah, that that is interesting because the ratings on Monday night are usually good. And look, I, yeah, I'm all for it. I would love if there was a game every single day. Yeah, but kind of like you know dilute the NFL product as it is as we wait you know seven days every week to get our team again. But still, yeah, I, I would think they can figure something like that out. But all right, hey, we got a lot to get to. Football talk mania over here on Third and Three Podcast. Damien, we're missing you, but we're loving you. We're glad you're doing what you're doing. Can't wait to have you back next week so I can gloat a little bit about my teams, your team. Damn, Saints are doing awesome. We're going to talk about that. But uh, let's get uh, let's get to our little applause and little flowers and all that stuff and WTF moments and all that wonderful stuff, Nikki. So I love this segment. I love that you brought it up. And as always, ladies, go first. Would love to hear what you got to say as we go through our applause and WTF moments of the week. Nikki, are we starting with tomatoes as always? Or are you feeling in a jazz mood? No, no, we're starting with tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? All right, let's get it. I'm from the Garden State. Our state vegetables are tomatoes. So we're always growing <laughs> tomatoes here. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Um, this is not going to come as a shock, but I, I am throwing my tomatoes this week at the entire Chargers team. Um, mm. <laughs> I, so their coach, Anthony Lynn, said, and I quote, this was one of the f- worst football games he's ever been a part of in his 30 years in the league and that it was embarrassing and unacceptable. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and it's probably some of the worst football we've ever seen. And, okay, do teams have bad days? Sure. But you're getting the tomatoes because you made the friggin' Jets look good by comparison. Like, that <laughs> should not happen. You are a much ta- more talented team, and you should not be that bad. I don't know what the hell happened to them, but it looks like talent is being wasted under this coaching regime, and I hate wasted talent that was beyond unacceptable to put on the field so all the tomatoes to the chargers all the tomatoes you know what i look you can't put up zero points in this day and age i know bill belichick's a genius still even missing half of his squad over there and that just shows you again how great of a coach that he is but i'm with you all the way that is just pathetic you got that much firepower on offense and i'll bring it to anthony lynn again he's going to be fired after this season there's no doubt it's going to be a new regime over there and that was just a total mismatch in coaching. So I am with you all the way, and I think that's a great one. While we're doing our WTF tomatoes, I'm going to – look, I got a few, but we're doing one over here. So I'm going to pick it out, and I'll talk about this other game later. So I'm going to throw my, my tomatoes at the Steelers' wide receivers. Not the team, the wide receivers. They dropped so many balls again, and this has been happening consistently. They lead the league with 31 drops. The next closest team has 21. That is insane. So it's amazing that they made it undefeated this far all the way. But if they don't drop those balls in the game against Washington, they're still undefeated, Nikki. So this is actually a problem that they've had for a few weeks now. And Mike Tomlin is pissed off. You know, that's why he says, if you can't catch the freaking ball, or bring somebody else in, you can do it. You were talking about it before. So I'm throwing my tomatoes at the wide receivers. Ben is putting it on you. Catch the ball move the chains, and you still would have been undefeated. So tomatoes all over wide receivers uh, for 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers over there. They totally blew it. Yeah, That's a problem. No, they, they, got a they did. Yeah. And like you said, it's not, you know, Big Ben's on the money. He's putting it right there for you. So you got to go and make your play and, and catch it. That was, I think I saw they dropped seven passes just in that game alone. Like that's putrid. Yeah. Big seven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all the Terrible. tomatoes. Absolutely horrible. Well, we can, we can give a little round of applause, uh, you know, but um, it, we got to boo them real quick. There's your tomatoes. There's all your tomatoes, you stinkers. But now we're going to give some round of applause. Let's get this thing going over here. All right, Nikki, who's your first flowers and round of applause going to? My round of applause changed as I was doing, uh, you know, my outline and prep last night. And I just thought, hmm, all right. I am giving my round of applause to Odell Beckham Jr. for his interview on the All Things Covered podcast because he dropped some piping hot tea and we all love some good piping hot tea. And as a fan, I was happy to make it say what you want. It's been debated all day today, but at least to kind of hear his side of things and maybe where things started to go wrong for him and the organization and maybe how things were taken out of context. Of course you take it where it's coming from. Um, people are saying, Oh, he just wants attention. The Browns are better without him. I don't necessarily think that, but I don't know if anybody heard the podcast or they care what he had to say, but you know, it does take some balls to go out there and put some people on blast. And he did say when his career is over, he's throwing it all out there and doing a big tell all. And I can't wait for that. Wow. You know what? I didn't even know about this. Now I'm extremely interested. Yeah, we're going to have to talk off air, you know, a little bit because I'm going to need to get more of this stuff. So he was just, was he trashing the Browns organization? No, it was actually for, no, it was the Giants. So basically what he said was that he was pinpointing the moments where everything kind of started to fall apart. And he said he ran into trouble I don't know if everybody remembers when he said, like, oh, well, Eli's getting a little bit older. Well, everybody killed him for that because you don't talk Mm. about Eli here, right? So (laughs) he said what his frustration was was that he was getting older and he didn't feel the Giants were building around Eli because they were all in. It was win now. But you have this shoddy O-line that you haven't improved since 2007. You have no pieces around him. The offense didn't make any sense. So then – He alludes to the fact that they bring in a new coach. He doesn't name names, but if you know the timeline and organization, you can figure out it's Pat Shermer. Um, Mm -hmm. He goes on to say he felt betrayed by him because Pat Shermer was telling the players he's a bad guy and to stay away from him in the locker room. Um, So I understand where I guess the breakdown was happening. Um, so I was, um, he thought he'd be a giant for life, but he did say he felt he came to the end of the road because the organization just wasn't putting pieces in place. So I think we kind of all knew that as fans, but it, a little bit of confirmation. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to listen to that entire interview. And, oh, yeah, you're right. We all love tell-alls. Oh, my God. I love to hear that stuff after, like, your, their career is over and everything. It's like, oh, this happened, this happened, this is why this happened. Yeah, I love that stuff. So that's really interesting. Okay. 
All right, I'm sure the audience is liking that. I know I'm liking that. I got to do more homework on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Browns for my applause, and I've held back a lot. Look, they're nine and three now, so I think the tapping myself on the back is over. Now it's can they do anything in the playoffs? But I'm giving it to Baker Mayfield even more specifically. Um, look, a lot of it was like, all right, we're just gonna hide Baker. We've been talking about it for weeks, but you know what? He comes out, and it's, you know, especially in the first half with the four touchdown passes, like nobody saw that coming. Nobody thought that the Browns were gonna be thumping the Titans the way that they did. So. My round of applause and my flowers definitely go to Baker Mayfield for silencing the critics at least for one more week, bring that team to nine and three on the road against the Titans who were at a, like at a real high at that point, and they just shut him down. I mean, the second half, yeah, it's another story. We'll talk about it, but really to Baker Mayfield, finally, you made my round of applause. You got the Browns at nine and three. So that is absolutely well freaking done right there. You got to give it to him, Nikki. Look, we were looking for them to play a big team on the road. Or, or even a big team in general and win, and they did. Yeah, they did. I I do give it to them. I give credit where credit is due. Uh, they have turned it around this year. And um, I'm so apprehensive, <laughs> but they. Um, I would say my confidence is going up weekly. All right, yeah. You know, you, you got to look again. That offensive line is fantastic. They can run the ball. They can play pretty decent defense, if not better. So, Yep, let's hang around and see. All right, so that's Flowers, round of applause, WTF, all that good stuff that we got in there. Let's get to our records. Let's get to our ranting recap, Nikki. Last week, I'm such an idiot. Here's what, guys, if you were listening last week, I, I picked the Lions, and Nikki and I both picked the Lions. I call her up or I text her on game day. I'm like, you know what? I want to change my pick to the Bears. She's like, oh, yeah, what do you know that I don't know? I'm like, nothing, I swear to God, you know, we don't lie to each other. <laughs> You know, receivers that are a little bit more healthy or whatever and things like that. So I'm like, you know what? I just think the Bears, they're up by 10 points. We'll get to the game. They blow it. So Nikki and I both tie this week at nine and six, but you triple locked your games. Therefore, you are the winner because I only double locked. So you triple locked on the Raiders, the Vikings, and the Chiefs. I blew mine like an idiot going against my Browns for this year and said that Tennessee was going to beat them at home. And I'm glad I was wrong about that. I got to be honest. I'm glad I was wrong. So you win this week with the triple lock. Way to go. Nine and six. It was a tough week, but you know what? It's a winning record. Winning record. So congrats, congratulations, Nikki. You got me again. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I got to get you here because you're right on in our picks league. You right, actually did better in picks there. You know what it is? We make our picks early and then I get to make that on Sunday. So sometimes I don't always make the same pick, you know, because more um, information comes out. So, yeah. That, that's true. That makes sense. I was actually wondering, I'm like, it seems like, cause we, you know, we keep our records and everything. And then um, Alex from our NFL NFEL league said that Nikki's up on you again. I'm like, how the hell is that possible? I'm like, what's she doing? She changing the picks over here. Yeah, you know sometimes I, yeah. Sometimes I do. Sometimes yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, I read or you see like who's out or who's quiet. And I'm like, oh, or I'm going to change this. No, I know. I'm totally with that. Cause I, like I said, I wanted to change my pick on Sunday also. And again, it backfired on me. So we'll get to that game. But we were just talking to Browns. Let, let's stick with it. We've gone over a few things already, so we'll go past it a little bit, Nick. But 41-35, they beat the Titans. And I just say no longer Faker Mayfield. He's Baker Mayfield. He's playing. I'm not ready to put him on a pedestal yet or anything like that. But hopefully that gives him a lot of confidence and they're able to throw the ball a little bit more when they need to. The thing that I love about that game, Nikki, is the game plan where Kevin Stefanski said, oh, they're going to sell out, sell out on the run. They, you know, between Chubb and Hunt. 
So they said, you know what? We're going to do play action and we're going to throw the ball. And it worked. So between coaching and Baker Mayfield being on point, that's why the Browns won that game. Yeah, I mean, Jay, you called it. You, you, you hung in there with them all season. I give you credit for that. You called this team way back in the summer. And we called you crazy. But you know what? Yeah. Lots, lots of profits get called crazy. And you are the sports profits. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Browns have solidified their first winning season since 2007. Um, I was like 23 and if they make it to the playoffs, well, hmm, that would be the first time since 2002. And I was a senior in high school. So I don't like this team for making me feel old at all. (laughs) I like that. That's good. (laughs) That's some early knowledge with Nick for you though, right there. That is some drought, but I'm happy for the fan base. Um, They just torched that Titans defense. So if I'm a Titans fan, I'm a little bit worried. Mm-hmm. I'd be too with that defense. It's definitely spotty to say the least, no doubt. Uh, spotty is not a word I would use with the Jets. I would say giant hole of cheese that somebody bit right through as the Raiders beat them in disgusting, sickening, fashioning style. <laughs> 31-28, where Greg Williams, again, this was going to be my, my tomatoes also, but Greg Williams, we all saw what happened. Sending a zero blitz, sent everybody except for his, basically his three cornerbacks playing a cover three. And Henry Ruggs is one of the fastest guys in football. What do you think is going to happen? So he hoped for the sack. Derek Carr steps up in the pocket. And the rest is history. Do you know that no coach has ever done what he did where they would send, you know, more than six or seven guys? Like, you don't do that. You play three up front, two Four if you want, but never sending a zero blitz, Nikki, and they lost the game because of that call, because, because of that call by Greg Williams, and then he gets fired the day after, and good, I'm glad he did. Um, I, well, there's a reason no other coaches do that, because it's stupid, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, uh, the Jets are very puzzling to me because yes, Greg Williams, that was one of the craziest things that we've ever seen. And we all kind of had that WTF moment, but I feel like they had to do something right. Like for some reason, Adam Gase is still there. Like, I don't, I don't understand why we're, we're playing this game. So I feel like they kind of had to do something. And so it's like, Greg Williams, all right, you're out of here. <laughs> like, okay. Right. <laughs> gotta blame I, someone, right? Yeah. You got to do something. I guess it calmed the fans down a little bit. I, they're just a mess, but um, shout out to Darren Waller who had himself a day. Oh. I'm so glad I took him in fantasy. So that was very much needed. Yeah. I was going to say foreshadowing at it, its fullest right there. He Oh, boy, did he do a good job for you. You drafted some team, like I said last week. We're going to reveal that a little bit later in the show. But, yeah, Darren Waller killed it. He had, like, 200 yards and two tough. Forget about it. I was like, this is driving me crazy over here. Nikki's destroying me. But, anyway, as we move on to the Vikings, they pulled off a win against the Jags. 27, I mean, 24. Come on, this is This is not what we expect out of the Minnesota Vikings. They won the game. Look, the Jags play very hard every week, and you can attribute that to maybe their head coach, Doug Marone, and the reason why he has has not been fired, where they have, what, one win on the season. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the Vikings do pull it off. It was 24-24. They get down there. They kick the field goal to win at the end of the game. But the Jags are one of those teams that just keep other teams on their toes and, and can sneak up on you. Even though they don't get the win at the end, they keep it close a lot. 
Yeah, they do. And I, I've noticed that. I mean, I know a lot of people want to write Jacksonville off. And, um, you know, maybe later in the show when we talk about switching things around, we'll get to it. But um, it's not, they're not like, they play their opponents really, really, really hard. And they are kind of like, you know, I always say like the Raiders are good at taking advantage of miscues. So is Jacksonville. And that's how you keep it close. And Minnesota came out very flat. They struggled with mistakes. And Jacksonville is able to take advantage. So, you know, they um, might just be a spoiler to somebody. Yeah, yeah. They, they really might. They really might. They play hard every week. So, wow, the Vikings. But, yeah, we're going to talk playoff picture and how you know, both of us had picked the Vikings to be in the playoffs, actually win the division. But it'll feel a little better actually in the playoffs, making our, uh, you know, early season predictions looking a little bit better. But, yeah, the Vikings, they got to play better than that if they're going to actually make the postseason and win a game. They're going to have to do a hell of a lot better job. And the Dolphins are a team that's looking to go to the postseason, and they looked every bit of it. Even in a 19-7 victory over the Bengals, Nikki, the Dolphins' defense is really tough. And flat out, two is the guy. Two is the guy. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's extremely accurate. And they play tough defense. Yeah, all they're missing right now is a running game. And they get that going a little bit with Miles Gaskin here and there when he's healthy. But if they had a solid running game, then this team would be able to do some serious damage. Because they're going to the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Tua, he struggled a little bit in that first half, but he came out on fire the second half. So, I mean, I thought he was really accurate. He didn't have to scramble much. He finished his day 26-39 for 326 yards and one TD. I mean, this kid, I think, what else can you really ask for with this kid? What is this, his third start, right? Because he was out half the game or something, second, third start. So, yeah, you know what? But this was the game with with that massive fight, right? Oh, my gosh, yes. Wow. A massive fight is correct. That's exactly what it was. Even Brian Flores got himself in it coming across on the other sideline. <laughs> that was crazy. That was crazy. Really was. Wow. But, yeah, Miami keeps winning, so good for them. I mean, they're rocking right now. They're rocking. And we'll go over, you know, the game for next week with them. But Miami is looking in really good shape. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, who I picked to win the division, they're tied right now with Tennessee. I think Tennessee's got a percentage point over them. Beat the Texans 26-20, but if you're a Colts fan, even though it was on the road and Houston has been playing better, like we said, Houston was about to win that game. It was a fumbled snap away from, you know, likely, again, winning that game with Deshaun Watson. So painful for Houston at the end. You saw the look, especially on Watson's face. But the Colts, I guess you can say, escaped one and keep themselves, you know, at 8-4 and and right there with the division and right there in the middle. So a win's a win, I guess, Nick. Yeah, a win, certainly a win. Um, I know Will Fuller is, what, suspended rest of the year, right? I mean, Deshaun Watson, yep. I just – I feel like they ask him to do too much. I really think this kid does literally the best he can with what he's got every week, and I feel so bad for him. Like, I wish they'd get him some more help because it just shouldn't go this way. They should be a much better team. And Indy – yeah, I mean, I know everybody wants to praise Phillip Rivers. I would say pump the brakes a little bit. The Houston defense is not what it used to be. Um, happy to see T.Y. kind of get in the mix there. And I bet you Carson Wentz would like to have a T.Y. to throw to. <laughs> I have no doubt about that. No <laughs> question at all. Wow. All right, let's keep running through the games over here. Lions 34. The Bears, I mean, just – 
give me a break. It's like the Bears finally score on offense, and the defense takes the day off. Way to go, idiots. And they had the game, like I said. They were up 10 points in the fourth quarter. There wasn't much time at all. And somehow the Lions come back and score two touchdowns. And, Nikki, you get the win in, in our fun, uh, you know, one-on-one going over here as well. Damian, when it's the three of us. But, yep, you got that game. I had to change my pick, and I felt great about it in the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, bam, how the hell do the Lions do that? Because um, he strips that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's, that's a big one. Yep. Trubisky's <laughs> like, what? Where's the ball? They. Yep, that yeah, helped out a lot. Much. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, I felt for you because I'm watching it and I'm like, oh fuck, I should. I'm thinking, should I have taken your advice? <laughs> you did share a little bit of in- information with me, and then uh, Detroit ended up pulling it out. So I was secretly doing a little happy dance. I didn't want to rub it in. But... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good for you, and you deserve it. You stuck with you picking it. I even gave you a chance. I'm like, do you want to change? You're like, no, nope, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You know, you're the fool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well done on your part. Well done. Not budging at all. And freaking the Saints are not budging one bit. Even with Taysom Hill in there, they're winning. I know it wasn't beautiful, but they won 21-16 to over the Falcons. They had control of that game the whole way. And you know what? Drew Brees is coming back, and I can only assume they're going to get better and better, adding more of a passing game in there. The Saints look freaking great on defense, on offense. They have one of the best head coaches around. Damien would be loving everything I'm saying right now because right now, Nikki, they look like a Super Bowl team. Oh, yeah, they do. That defense is something serious, okay? Like, they are playing serious. It is a true team effort. And hats off to Sean Payton for really making Taysom Hill, like, look good, give this kid confidence. Whatever game plan he's coming up with, like, I'm here for it. The Saints look amazing. And Atlanta continues to be the head scratcher of the week for me because um, I don't understand them running their injured running back on three of four downs at the very end of the game, only to have Matt Ryan throw a hail friggin' Mary on fourth and long. Like, I, I just, what are we doing, Atlanta? What are we doing? This is why nobody likes you. <laughs> this is why nobody likes you. <laughs> I know it, it, it. Everybody says it too. It's the Falcons every week. Even uh, Ash, she was saying the Falcons freaking kill me when we do our picks. It's like you just don't know. We should just leave them out from now on, like the Jets. Forget it all together. Yep. I mean, really. Yep. So there you go. Saints on top. Falcons keep falling. The Rams moving up again. I told you I like this team a lot. The Rams beat the Cardinals thirty-eight twenty-eight. We did go head to head on that one. The Rams just seem to have their number and. Another thing, you know, with the Rams that we're missing ever since Todd Gurley is a running game, and I think they got it now with Cam Akers and Henderson between both of those guys and, you know, add a little Malcolm Brown. I think they got a pretty tough team. The Rams are a team that they play the way that they did, uh, you know, over again. If they play their their brand of football and let Aaron Donald and company do their thing on defense, they're going to be a really tough out in the playoffs, Nick Guerra. I mean, they have a full squad. They may not be a great, great team, but they got a full squad who can win in a bunch of different ways. And they're going to be tested when they play New England this Thursday. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah. And shout out to their offensive line, the Rams offensive line. They had one heck of a game. They gave Jared Goff all the time in the world back there. And they opened up huge running lanes. So and we all know that games are won in the trenches. Like they bobbled up D hop, which was amazing. Listen, uh, you know, Arizona just did not have an answer for them. And 
if they intend to go any further, they're going to have to find an answer for teams with a good defense. Oh, absolutely. No that about it. You give up 38 points, you're in a hell of a lot of trouble. Again, the Rams have a good offense, but I, I don't think it's that good. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, the, this says a lot about the Cardinals also. You're right. You know, losing by 10 points at home, that's a big deal. Um, the Chargers put up no points at home, like you had mentioned before. Tomato freaking city all over them. Patriots 45 nothing. And again, to me, I, I have nothing left to say because Cam Newton threw for like 69 yards in this game, which is unbelievable, and they win. He threw for 69 yards or something like that, and they win the game, not only win, but 45 nothing. So again, to me, this was coaching all the way. Bill Belichick is the greatest ever, and Anthony Lynn, unfortunately, is getting fired. Nikki, that's the way I see everything in this. And I agree with you, and uh, I think that's all that needs to be said about this game. Yeah, I don't think we even need to go any further. You're right. Let's go to the next game that probably doesn't have much to say. We did talk about it a little bit as Jalen Hurts will be the quarterback going forward, but he did not start in week 13 against the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers, of course, had his day having, you know, an MVP MVP performance again. Aaron Jones running his butt off at the end. That was a great, great run by Aaron Jones to get in the end zone on that long, what was it, 50, 60-yard touchdown run that he got. That's another team. They can run. They can pass the ball. It doesn't even matter who's out there. But that connection with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is unfreaking believable So they're going to be a tough out going forward, no question. The Packers are definitely the real deal. Oh, yeah, for sure they are. Um, Like we've talked about, they do have some concerning moments. Um, and, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, they play the Saints next week, right? It's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a tough one for you. Way to throw them right in there, right? Yeah. Go play the top defense in the league right now. Yeah, I, I know. So like I, what I do hope, and listen, I hate Philly. I really do. But as an objective, <laughs> like sports fan, like let's not judge the kid on this game. Cause the Saints have a really, really good defense and Philly's got nothing. Like their defense is fine. It, it's pretty good. Um, you seem to spark the Eagles offense a little bit, but I would just like to reserve judgment while not playing the Saints who look like they're on a Super Bowl run. Right. No doubt. No doubt. So yeah, well, I'm not going to jump all over Jalen Hurts if he has a bad game this upcoming week, but yep. I, I want to see him in the last four games and what he can do. And then the Eagles can, you know, basically decide from there. We'll see. All right. And we will see more. We got more ranting recap. We got a few more games to break down. Then we're going to get to Mount Player Player. We got Christmas movies, our top four. That's going to be awesome. We're going to talk about the playoff picture, quarterback switching, knowledge with Nikki, fantasy draft, week 14 picks, everything on the third and three podcast. You know where it's at. Guys, we're taking a 60 second break and we'll be right back. One. Oh, well, who doesn't love Enrique Iglesias, right, Nikki? We're on the letter E, so you had to go where you had to go. I did. Hey, this is my jam. Still on my cardio playlist. Still rock out to it. This is a great song. I and I, he is he is fine to look at. <laughs> That's his <laughs> <honor>. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, to each their own. That's all I can say. But uh, there we go. Brought it in for you. It was on the letter E. We're going all the way through the alphabet with our songs, ladies and gentlemen. So that's what you're getting today. And we'll give you another one later. But we continue with our ranting recap. We left it off, Nikki, with the Packers and Eagles. Let's pick it up with the Chiefs at the Broncos. And that was a confusing game of people People watching it. The Broncos came to play that day. I don't know if the Chiefs took them lightly or whatever it was, but, Nikki, that was a game all the way into the fourth quarter because the Broncos kept holding them to field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal. But then when it's all said and done, when you need Captain Patrick Mahomes to come along and win the game, he'll do it. And he found Tyree Kill and he found Kelsey. And that was game over without Clyde Edwards-Hilaire even in the game. Yeah, he was active, right? But they didn't... Exactly. Exactly right. Le'Veon Bell did a good job. Yeah, no, he did. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Kansas City made most of the mistakes this time. Um, Yep. So that was interesting. The Broncos did run all over them. And, you know, we were kind of high on the Broncos all year. I know it hasn't panned out, but I see little improvements week after week. And I think that that's good. So it seems like they're on the uptick. Yeah, I mean, just like other teams, plenty of other teams, they've been dealing with injuries and COVID to a lot of their key players. So nothing has been, you know, intact over there. And that goes for a lot of other teams, but it depends on the organization and everything. So, yeah, I expect to see the Broncos back next year. I don't know if it's Drew Locke. Who knows if John Elway pulls off a number one pick for Trevor Lawrence. So that wouldn't shock me at all. It really wouldn't. <laughs> I can see that happening. I can totally see that happening, starting a whole new regime there in Denver. I know that Broncos fans would love that, so don't count it out. It's not all Jets here, uh, boys and girls. Washington Steelers, we already talked about it, Nikki. Alex Smith coming back, 23-17. to Steelers had a chance. Ben ends up throwing a pick. It was tipped. Game over. But, I mean, wow. I mean, look, they, they couldn't run Pittsburgh. Then they abandoned the run. And then the receivers dropped seven passes, like you said. We were going over earlier. How are you going to win a game that way? I mean, Steelers played tough defense throughout, but Washington ended up picking it up here and there. Logan Thomas had a really big game, the tight end, and they knock him off the unbeaten ranks. I mean, I was surprised, but not completely shocked because Washington does have a pretty good defense. And they have Alex Smith, who is just so crafty. Did you see what he did when they were running off in order to kick a field goal to to stop the clock, He the, the game ball? When it was fourth down, he carried off the field so the officials would have to stop the clock and give more time to allow them to kick a field goal. It was such a brilliant thing that you never see, never think of and hear of, but that's the game within the game within the game, and that's how smart Alex Alex Smith is being around for, what, 15 years or whatever. And, yep, there you go. So, Pittsburgh, are we to worry about them? I don't know. They're getting Connor back this week. So that was their big problem. They couldn't run the ball, and they couldn't catch the ball either. Bad game for Pittsburgh, Nikki. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised either, Jay. I'm with you. Like, I pick the Steelers just because, like, I have this philosophy. I always did it with New England. Like, until you give me a reason really not to, or if you're undefeated, I'm going to roll with you. But here's what I've, I've said for the past three weeks. I do not think the Steelers have brought their A game whatsoever. And I think they were really flat again this week. Now, uh, they've also been affected, I feel like, by the COVID schedule changing the most, they've played what three games in 12 days, different yeah. times, different days. Like, listen, I get all that. I, you know, who are we to sit here and be like, I can't believe you, but um, I'm not shocked. Alex Smith was very accurate. Washington does have a good defense, but did you see where Alex Smith's ankle was bleeding? And I just, Oh my to- God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first of all you're worried right you're like oh my god 
Um, and then I had to laugh because I'm like, <laughs> this organization will let this guy's legs fall off before they put Haskins <laughs> back out there. Like they just want no part of Haskins. Like <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> um, but for the Steelers, like you know what? Sometimes it's a team like Washington. They're hungrier. They're in a crap division. They got a shot. You come out flat. You're undefeated. Like you're almost just asking for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I like that. What you said at the end right there, Washington definitely was hungry. You know, they were up for this game and yes, the Steelers have had, they had to play Wednesday night. Then they moved the game to Monday and everything. I get it, but yeah, you got to show up on the field when it's time. And again, the Cowboys didn't do that last night. They're just unbelievably terrible. It's, I mean, it's just god awful at this point. It's amazing. I mean, Andy Dalton back there, you thought, yeah, maybe they can get some offense going, but their defense sucks. Ravens crushed them 34 17. Happy husband Nikki over there, no doubt about it. And I just, you know, Baltimore did not play well. They ran for like almost 300 yards, but that's because Lamar Jackson can't complete a pass. He's got problems. If he's not running the ball and they're not running the ball, that team is in big trouble because Lamar Jackson, he's just – I can't say he's rest because he won the freaking MVP last year. I mean, So it's hard to really go in that direction, but he's certainly not having anywhere near the same year. He's got a lot of the same players around him. They're not running those three tight end sets as much, but his arm – I mean, this is a guy who led the league in touchdown passes last year, and he can't complete a pass. It's it's a big, it's a major problem for the Ravens. Yeah, it it really is. It's concerning. Um, I guess the only thing I will say to maybe counter that is he hadn't played in a month, and he was battling COVID. And then we see last night, Des Bryant gets yanked because he had inconclusive tests, and then he's fine. He's on the field, and they yank him for thirty minutes. Then Des Bryant, is, you know, before the game, and then right. he has it. And Des Bryant's tweeting he's done, and then he's not done. <laughs> and then, you know, the Ravens. Should, yeah, like they should be thankful they played that terrible Dallas defense. You ain't kidding. They got a gift right there. That was the get right game they needed. And we'll see if that transpires to next Monday night against the Browns. We'll talk about that, talk about that a little bit later. Now we're going to talk about our two teams. You first, because that's where the round of applause goes. The Giants, 17 over the Seahawks, 12. 12 points at home, guys. The Seahawks, 12 points at home. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Kristen, that told you the Giants' defense is no freaking joke. Top five in the league. They're tough. They love Joe Judge all of a sudden, and they are playing their ass for him, Nikki. And I know that yeah, – let's get Daniel Jones back in there, make a run in the playoffs maybe, but you have just got to be excited right now about what you're seeing. And that's this is all going on without Saquon Barkley too. Yeah, I know. Kind of makes it uh, interesting, right, with the uh, – yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there's a reason. I don't know how many teams are going to be drafting running backs in the yes. first, right? you know, right? You know. Yeah, I uh, I'm with you there. I think this is is showing that you know it's this uh, unfortunately the position doesn't have a ton of value. Um, hey, this Giants defense, Jay, is balling out, and they're doing it disciplined. Um, not a lot of penalties. Uh, Williams, Peppers, Bradbury, like Pat, shout out to Patrick Graham, our defensive coordinator. Ah, or like I'm on the team. Um, he coached. <laughs> 
a hell of a game to hold the Seahawks off at just a whole bottle of Russell Wilson alone. And they got Chris Carson back, which you could tell they really, really missed him. And you could tell that he keeps the Seahawks offense on balance. Um, you know, and against a lesser defense, he's, he's going to have a big day. But I am pumped. I'm excited. I was very nervous every time Colt McCoy went to throw the ball because I wasn't quite <laughs> sure what was going to happen. I almost bit off all my nails. Thank God I have a nail plan tomorrow. <laughs> very nervous, very excited. I, I, I was shocked that they pulled it off, not because of, like, lack of confidence in the defense or anything, but going into Seattle, you got Colt McCoy. You want to have your starting quarterback. Um, I'm very proud of this team this week. As you should be. I told you I was dying to pick them last week. I'm like, I just feel it. I know it, you know, but it was because of Colt McCoy, you know, being in there and he threw for like, what, 106 yards or something like that. They still got the job done because they played big boy football and they ran it. So big ups to the Giants right now, no doubt. And I have to give it big ups to the Bills. Look, they beat us. That's the Niners when I say 34-24 uh, on Monday Night Football. And, you know, Damien said Josh Allen taking that quantum leap this year. He was totally right. I mean, I fell in love with Josh Allen the second he got into the NFL, but he has taken a quantum leap. I mean, he was perfect against the 49ers. He did everything, whether it was him running the ball at certain times or just perfect with his passes, and that's without John Brown. The Bills are going to be so tough. Yes, their defense has to get better. There's no doubt. And I don't know what happened from last year to this year, except for a couple of guys being out, and I understand that, but I don't know what happened to their discipline. But if they get right a little bit here on defense in the last quarter of the season, the Bills' offense definitely has got the juice because Josh Allen is absolutely the real deal. And I'm going to bring his name up later in another segment we're going to do. But the Bills, they got Pittsburgh coming up, and we'll talk about them. But how real are the Bills to you right now? Going on the road, beating the 49ers with, with a very good defense and just the way that Josh Allen has been playing. Oh, they are very real to me. I, I don't think I really doubted them. Their defense is what concerns me, but they I think they have shown that they can hang with the big boys um, if they're not one themselves, you know, and I'm happy for them. This was the year that they could actually have a shot in the division. And joke is on us and all the betters that took the 49ers. Jay, did you know that the betters like the 49ers so much, they went from underdog to two-point favorite? Yep, I, uh, I <laughs> that tells you about who they're betting on right there. You're exactly right. That's how Vegas does it. Unreal. Unreal. But, yeah, so my 49ers, look, they were probably going to have to win out in order to get into the playoffs, which was a long shot anyway with the schedule they got coming up. So we're done. The Bills are looking great. They're in first place, and we got a lot more to go, guys, a hell of a lot more football to go. But we're going to take a break from the NFL right now. And we're going to get a little cheery, a little Christmassy. So I know that you heard the song five million times, but let me give you a little taste. I still love this song, Mickey. I freaking love this song. It's absolutely awesome. Putting us in the mood. 
for Christmas time. The holidays are here. Hanukkah, Ramadan, everything, all that. We're celebrating everything. It is that time of the season to be jolly or whatever the freak you want to call it. And we're going to break down. Listen, we're doing this is Christmas month. We're going to do a lot of Christmas stuff, Nikki. But this week, what do we got now, player, player? We got our top four Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I guess people can be thinking, well, classic, funny. You know, what really is it really a Christmas movie like Die Hard isn't? We all know that. Uh, I hope everybody knows that by now. So, yeah, there are movies that Christmas is in it, but it's not a Christmas movie. So we'll see how this goes over here. We got our top four. As usual, we'll go from four to one. Ladies first, Nikki, I can't wait to hear what you got. <laughs> um, by the way, just a side note on Mariah, that's probably the best Christmas song, and maybe we should rank those maybe one day. Oh, it's yeah. definitely my top, and I don't know if anybody's ever seen her in concert, but whether it is Christmas or not, like I saw her in the spring uh, last year, year before, um, she sings it anyway, so <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> absolutely absolutely it's just a great song it really is i remember us having a conversation like three months ago about that that it's always playing in every store on christmas no matter where you go and i'm cool with that love mariah excellent song excellent so yep we got that little bad boy in there and uh, yeah we'll have some more surprises for you later and let's see what our surprises are right now number four nikki what do you got i got the santa claus okay all right i can dig it go for it tell me that's with, but, um, what's his name? Tim, uh, Tim, Tim Allen. Allen? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, but just the first one, I don't really care for the second one and the third one with the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny and Jack Frost. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I'm a classic kind of girl. I really don't like sequels as it is, but you know, let's just like leave well enough alone. But I think Tim Allen was cast so perfectly. Now, granted, guys were talking like, what year was that movie? 93. So it's like Tim the Toolman Taylor time. Like, right, right. He has this like <laughs> dry, sarcastic sense of humor that I think just played so well. And he brings the adult humor in. So when you watch it as an adult, you're like, oh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, uh-huh. They still laugh at it to this day. But one of my favorite lines is when Charlie, the little boy, so his stepdad, Neil, is trying to say to him, like, well, Charlie, how do you know Santa exists? Like, you've never seen him. Have you ever seen a reindeer fly? And Charlie hits him with the best line ever. He goes, yeah, have you ever seen a million dollars? And Neil says, no. Well, Charlie goes, well, just because you've never seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And, like, mic drop for eight-year-old Charlie. That is excellent. That what that's a beautiful choice. That is a fantastic <laughs> movie. I have laughed at it plenty, and I'm with you. I don't care too much for the sequels either. I really don't. But that's a great one, and that kind of is like my number four. When you talk about the adult aspect of it, Bad Santa just had me cracking up the entire freaking movie with the, with the midget guy, his friend. That they're, they're robbing everything, and they play <laughs> the Elf and the Christmas, and and Santa Claus during the day, and getting all drunk, and he's all sloppy, and he's cursing at the kids. And I just think that that is so hysterical. It doesn't capture Christmas at all. But toward the end of the movie, yeah, he got his Christmas spirit going on a little bit. But man, just the way that Santa Claus talking to children like that <laughs> blew me away. So that that's why it's my number four, and it could have been higher. But I thought that movie was absolutely hysterical. Yeah, it's one of those, it's for the adults, right? It's also how I imagine every mall Santa feels. 
<laughs> right? Get me out of this thing and just let me get my whiskey bottle, please, for yeah. goodness sake. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So those are our number fours. Let's get to three. My number three is Home Alone. All right. Can't argue there. Home Alone. Total oh. classic, Nick. Yes, I and again, not not. I don't have anything against part two. I like the New York one. I know they made a three. It's with another kid, and it, it, no, stop, just stop. Yeah, I okay, know. like <laughs> I, I want the original one. Talk about like John Hughes nailed this. He hit it out of the park. Like adult comedic timing, Joe Pesci. Like I, I just mm. this movie is just brilliant. And just side note for anybody who has Netflix or they're bored or they've watched everything. So they have this series, I think it's called How It's Made, and I watched the one on Dirty Dancing, and I watched the one on Home Alone. And I don't know if anyone knows, but most of this movie, well, first of all, nobody wanted to pick it up. They had an entirely different cast, Um, and most of this movie was shot in an elementary school gym. So when I watch it, I watch it a little bit differently, and I would want everybody to stop ruining this movie for me by saying, oh, well, if it was shot today, you know, Kevin McAllister, he couldn't like do all his traps and he would just go on his iPhone. No, it was like 1991. That's the beauty of the movies. Kids eight years old, he's outsmarting these two idiots. What do they call the wet bandits? (laughs) (laughs) The traps are the best part. And don't pretend you didn't try to set up traps like that for your siblings. (laughs) I did. That is so freaking great. That is great. I, I, I'm going to comment on Home Alone a little bit more later when we do some other stuff, but that's an awesome pick right there, no doubt. My number three goes back even further than that, and I'm talking about Gremlins. Yes, it is a Christmas movie. Don't kid, any, don't kid yourself at all. Even though you got little Gremlins and Gizmo around in that movie, that's a big-time Christmas movie, and it scared the hell out of me a little bit. I mean, you got a freaking little Gremlin smoking cigarettes, and it's like <laughs> he can, like, up anybody in the world. It's like, how is this tiny little freaking one foot thing going to kill everybody? Like, I don't understand that. So, but it was entertaining. I saw it as a kid. Of course, I love Gizmo. I kept trying to find one all over the world. Like, there's got to be something like that out there. So I wanted a Gizmo for myself, but still, I love that whole movie and just how crazy those freaking gremlins are, man. When they multiply, I'm like, who thought of this crap? But it got me all the way. So gremlins from a kid, I can't lose it. It's still with me, Nick. Okay, interesting. All right. Okay. <laughs> Not a place everybody would go. I know. I know. But I haven't seen every Christmas movie in the world. But that's my number three. So let's get to your number two, which I'm sure is much better than mine. <laughs> okay. A Christmas story. Ah, well, come on. Of course. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Okay. <laughs> and listen, there's a lot of haters out there who say it's overrated. It is not overrated. And I, no, I will fight somebody. Like, I'll fight somebody. <laughs> Those are fighting words. Don't tell her that. <laughs> Don't mess around. Yeah, but I mean, Christmas Story, that's classic. They play that for a week straight. It's awesome. Yeah, and you only <laughs> get it movies? once a year. And TBS starts it like Christmas Eve. You got to watch it all the way through. You got to yep. watch it on loop. Like you gotta, you know, you feel for Ralphie because like you, there's just remember being a, like a kid and it's just like that one present you really want and that's all you could focus on and like <laughs> the holidays and the present and like just trying to get yep. through school and doing stupid things like licking the the hole that the kid dig. Yeah, so, yep. <laughs> classic movie and it just brings you back to being like eight years old. Oh, I, I've never come across anybody who didn't like that movie. And if they did, they were in insane asylum or something like that. Cause that's just classic all the way. I mean, there are only a, a 
couple of movies that you play every single year for like, you know, again, a day or a week straight. It's that and it's the Ten Commandments when it's like Passover and uh, yeah. Easter and stuff. That's pretty much it. I love that. That's great. My number two, this one may be totally off the cuff as well, but it's because I love the actor. I love Bill Murray. Scrooged all the freaking way. He was so awesome in that. Such a dick. But he played it perfectly. <laughs> it was just great. Then he gets the ghost of past, present, and future coming in, showing him all this stuff. He gets happy and merry at the end. But again, the way that he treated the holiday and and all that, and the way that he wanted his life to be going back and all this and everything, just highly entertaining. And again, he's such a great actor and so funny that I love that movie and I'll still watch it when it's on. Just his reactions to like, yeah, like here it goes. Like, yeah, what are you freaking kidding me? And all of a sudden he's like ripping things out of his throat, his old boss. So <laughs> I just, I'm like, I love Bill Murray and I love Christmas. So I love Scrooge. That's the way oh, I went. Yeah, I'm with you there. Perfect casting, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, they nailed it. Oh, they nailed it. As long as you got Bill Murray, you're in good shape. You're in good yeah, shape. You're good, so, right? <laughs> Scrooge for me, for me. My number one will come up shortly, but I can't wait to hear yours. This is going to be good. My number one is The Grinch. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I like it, though. I like I, it. I'll go either way. I'll go cartoon. I'll go live action with Jim Carrey because that movie has some of my most favorite quotes and lines. But I really feel like the Grinch is my spirit animal a little bit. Like I've been called the Grinch <laughs> a time or two, which is probably not surprising to anyone. Um, <laughs> like, he's so aggravated by like the world and people and children. Like I can relate to that. <laughs> it's like a parent. <laughs> yeah. Like just so aggravated. I love when he runs down his schedule when he's like, yeah, four o'clock, I'm going to wallow in self-pity. Five o'clock, your <laughs> world hunger, tell no one. 5.30, jazzercise. Seven o'clock, wrestle with my self-loathing. Like, it's just here <laughs> at the ceiling into the abyss. But I feel like that that the Grinch sums up 2020 for me. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but as Grinchy as I can be, I do like a happy ending. And what I take away from the Grinch is I know the lesson is supposed to be like Christmas spirit and it's not all about presents and it's not. But what I take away from that is the Grinch is miserable because he's lonely, right? He's got that little dog. And sometimes you just got to find your tribe in life and you need your friends and your family or your friends that are your family and you're much happier. So find your people, find your tribe and your heart will go grow three times bigger. I love it. I love it. Look at you having a positive twist on the Grinch. How fantastic <laughs> yeah. is that? Yeah, taking him out of the out of the band of misfits that you know, uh, along with uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer over there, finally finding their tribe. I like that. I like that. <laughs> God, my sleigh. All right, my number one, and I wanted to play off it. So, Nikki, when you said Home Alone, I was wishing that it was closer because I wanted to keep going on and on. I freaking love that movie. It's my number one by far. It's not Yay! even close. Nothing comes close to Home Alone. I love the movie and everything you said, so I won't go on and on about it, but I love the whole movie to begin with, but the final 
ending scene where they go to his house at nine o'clock and he's about to eat his macaroni and cheese dinner, blessed from the table for the frozen <laughs> food and all that. And then he gets ready, the first scene with the, with the gun. I mean, he shoots Joe Pesci right in the yaya, and then the freaking Marvin sticks his head there. The like, hello, bing, right there. And then it just starts from Joe Pesci with his hand burning and his head burning and going crazy. I'll get to him dressed like a chicken. You know, why, Marvin, why do you have an iron on your face? Like, oh, you're right. The little gadgets and traps and everything, you just got to get lost in the movie and lost in the moment. You love what you're watching because it was great. You couldn't find two better thieves than um, Joe Pesci and I think, I don't know his name in real life, the guy who played Marv. They were freaking perfect. So when you talk about casting, they nailed it also with Macaulay Culkin. But when, when Marv is like trying to break in the basement, and then he's going up the stairs with the tar, and he steps on the nail, and there's a terrain on the face. You can't beat these things. These are classic moments. I mean, this is, it's the best. It's the best. And then, of course, the guy, the mysterious guy in the movie, you know, the guy that everybody's afraid of, comes along in the end with the shovel and knocks them both out and saves Macaulay Culkin. And there you go. Freaking my number one by far. No question about it. I love Home Alone. Love it. So I'm with you there. It's just higher on my list. And yeah, Home Alone 2 is not that bad either. Yeah, no, it's not that bad, like I said, but I, I love a good classic. And the part that gets me is when, is it Marv, I think, who's going through the window and he steps on the glass ornament? Yes, oh, yes, yes. Just like, oh, God, I feel that. <laughs> it is fantastic. He just got everything for him. And then the paint that he throws down the stairs, knocks oh. them both down, they flip yeah. over the cars. I mean, everything. But when he put the tarantula on his face and he screamed to the high heavens like a woman, I, 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 I was crying. I could not stop laughing. I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But, wow. Yeah, there we go. Top Christmas movies are top four right there. We both got Home Alone in there, and I'm, I'm glad about that because that deserves to be in anybody's top four list, in my opinion, even if you want to go old school. But, you know, it's a wonderful life and all that sort of stuff. But I think we did pretty good right there, Nikki. I know mine's always a little bit off, but I loved your list. Yeah, hey, that's that's why it's, you know, our top four. But Home Alone definitely has to be there. If somebody has a top four Christmas list and you have Die Hard instead of Home Alone, we oh, got a God. problem. Oh, we got major problems. We got major problems. If you're going to tweet at us, you know, over here with at Nick or at Sports Profit, then you're going to say that, then we definitely got issues. So hopefully you won't live anywhere <laughs> near us on that. Wow. All right, that was fun. That was definitely fun. I got this thing over here. You know, I got the, the playoff picture that I want to talk about with you, um, you know, moving back into the NFL. And we got a lot more Christmas stuff going on. But as we know, playoffs are, look, four weeks away. We only got four more games. So we're going to go over real quick, you know, the number one spots, the number twos and everything. So, look, right now we got the Steelers at number one in the AFC. The Chiefs are the second seed, all right, and the Steelers only because they lost to an NFC team not an AFC team or a division team. That's why they have the percentage points over Kansas City. So that's one, two. Bills at three. Titans at four. Percentage points over the Colts in the AFC South. Then you got uh, my Brownies for this year. They had the fifth spot. The Dolphins have the sixth. And the Colts still in it at eight and four have the seventh. So with those teams, Nikki, and the other ones that are on the bubble, like the Raiders or the Ravens or the Patriots, those are the only ones that can – sneaking do you think that it's going to be tough for the Ravens especially if they don't get a win against the Browns this Monday night the Patriots I don't think so they're six and six but the Raiders and the Ravens are seven and five you think either one of them can come in there 
and have a better record at the end of the season over Miami or even the second place team in the AFC South? Um, huh. yeah, I don't, I don't, I know the Patriots are clinging to life right now um, with their win last week. I don't think that they're going to make it. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's a chance that maybe the Raiders could uh, end a little bit better than Miami. There's a chance, but Miami has just got a monster defense. Um, and the Ravens, they're going to have to pick it up or figure out an answer for on offense because you're not always going to get the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> like Exactly. Exactly. And, and the Ravens, look, um, you know, I, I think they have a much better – they have a better chance than any, but they, they still have a tough schedule to go themselves. Like I said, they play the Browns Monday Night Football, and the Raiders actually play the Colts this week, all right? Oh. So that's going to be a big one right there when if it comes down to tiebreakers. That's mm-hmm. a tr- this is one of the biggest games of the week coming up is Colts and Raiders. So we'll talk about that game and who we think is going to win. So that's a big one right there. Maybe the winner of that game has the edge at the end of the season. We'll see. Um, yeah, we, neither one of us think the Patriots six and six can really jump in with these other teams right now. So I'm with you there. If if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be maybe the Raiders because if they beat the Colts, we'll see. But um, that'll be a tough game. So let's look at the NFC real quick. The number one team is the Saints right now with the Packers right behind them. Now, the Packers beat them earlier this year in New Orleans, if I remember correctly, but I'm pretty sure they beat them like 37 to 30. So if they end up with uh, the two top records, let's so say they both finish 13-3 and three or whatever it may be, and the Packers would actually have the number one seed. But right now they got the two. The Rams got the three. They're the division leader now after this. <laughs> your Giants beat Seattle. And they're your Giants at number four, five and seven record. And that's one of the best defenses in the entire NFC. The Seahawks, who they just beat, are at number five. The Bucks at number six. The Vikings at number seven. They got a six and six record. So do the Cardinals, who are on the bubble. The Bears are five and seven, and the Lions are five and seven. I dismiss both of those teams right away because with the Lions, they're just all over the place. They have no defense. Their offense doesn't show up at times. The Bears have no offense, and then their defense doesn't show up whenever they score, which is once every four or five weeks. So to me, it's <laughs> the Cardinals. It's only the Cardinals who can get in there, and they play the Giants this week, as you know. That'll be a really interesting game, but. That's really it. That's all I can see is the Cardinals at six and six right now that can take over either the Vikings, maybe the Bucks. I don't know, but that's the only one I see, Nikki. So do you think that the Cardinals can sneak in, you know, over Minnesota or maybe over Tampa? Um, I would say over Minnesota, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. because I think Minnesota they got a much tougher road. They just they practically have to win out at this point, right? I mean, so let's see if Arizona beats the Giants this week. Yeah, I would say if anything, they can bump Minnesota. I don't know if they're going to bump Tampa Bay, though. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. If anything, they could. And the Buccaneers play the Vikings this weekend. So that's, again, the perfect timing. Another great matchup right there that is playoff all over. And so, yeah, Arizona, if they beat the Giants this week, they'll be in really good shape. And I agree with you. They'd be the only team who can get in there. And to me, not over the Bucks or the Seahawks, who are at five right now, and they're eight and four. Yeah, it would be Minnesota, and I think that they're a little bit better than Minnesota the way that both of them are playing right now. Neither one of them are playing solid, but if you had to pick a team, just overall, who would you say is better, the Cardinals or the Vikings? Um, yeah, I would give it – see, I kind of feel like they're – I actually feel like they're a little bit even. Consistently they are. inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to say it. 
It really yeah. is. I, I don't know. I mean, if if I had to flip a coin, I would say the Vikings because maybe they can play good defense at times, but that Cardinals offense, like they can also score at any time and Kyler Murray can take off. So, wow, that'd be tough. Yeah, it's, it's really good that we're going to have these matchups at, you know, at the end of the season, like playoff matchups in weeks 14, 15, 16, 17, all that's going to be great. So, all right, that's the playoff picture as we're looking at it right now. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of changes even after this week. More to go on that. And, you know, we were talking switching quarterbacks around last week. And if this guy would be better on that team, came up with a few great ones. My favorite, Nikki, was Carson Wentz to Indianapolis. I thought that was great. We had a few more other ones. You mentioned Matthew Stafford to the Broncos. What about Matthew Stafford on the Patriots? Hmm. Um, Does that do anything for you? I don't uh... – no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, do you think he's leaps and bounds better than a healthy Cam Newton? No, but I know that he can throw the ball long and accurately. Not that they yeah. have anybody to really to throw the ball to. You know, right. that's the problem right there. But um, I think that is a guy that Bill Belichick would rather have, somebody who can stand in the pocket and deliver balls. So I think that they may do better than with Cam, but – Again, it's who you throw in the ball. It's, look, it's better than 69 yards passing. So maybe I would agree with you on that. I don't know how much bigger of a difference it would make, but I feel like I feel like Bill Belichick would, wouldn't mind having Stafford around for the next five years if he can build around him somehow. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a toss-up. I'm with you on that one. What do you got? I, I know you got two. Yeah, I got a couple. Um, I want to get your opinion on especially this one. I know it was tossed around like back in March, but – Hear me out on this one. What about Tom Brady to the Niners? So, all right. He's not going to be a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan offense. I think we all know that. But I think he's the type of coach who would place a lot of value in Tom Brady's experience and decision-making abilities and input. And so – you won't have this Bruce Arians, my way, highway. I'm going to force this offense. It doesn't work for you down your throat. But maybe in San Francisco, if the value is placed on the fact that he is Tom Brady and he does have experience and his decision-making abilities, and oh, by the way, he's won six championships, I think there might be a little bit of a happier marriage there. And I feel like the Niners are kind of um, – New England-esque, not this season, but, you know, let's compare it to maybe last season. You know, solid run game, solid defense, like a New England. Never really had, like, quote-unquote superstars on offense, and neither do the 49ers. But listen, sometimes too many superstars in one place doesn't work, and I think we got a little bit, little bit of that going there on in Tampa Bay. I know it's a lot of Brady and Bruce Arians, but what do you think about – in a 49ers, like very, very close, maybe just need that one piece to push them over the edge. I think it's a great, great question. You're right. There was talk about it. And I was one of those guys who was saying, give me Tom Brady right now. And, you know, I would love to have had him at the beginning of the year. And he probably would be doing a better job than any of our other quarterbacks. So I'll, I would admit that. But here's why I would say no. You know how we're talking about Brady fitting in with Bruce Arians and Bruce Arians air raid offense versus Tom Brady, you know, dink and dunk or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the same problem with San Francisco because they like to run all these, especially run plays, but sweep run plays where they actually even get the quarterback moving in motion a little bit. And they don't 
really have that fear with Tom Brady. Obviously, he's not going to go anywhere. So the way the Niners run their offense, I don't think it would work. I mean, one thing that would be good, which I know sounds kind of crazy, is that the Niners don't throw the ball down the field at all, really, yeah. you know, <laughs> for a while. And we wouldn't even ask Tom Brady to do that. We would just be like, hey, look, throw slants to Debo and Brandon Ayuk all day. So I see where it can work out in that respect, but I'm not sure if he fits the offense we're doing. And I don't think that the 49ers coaching staff is just going to revamp their offense for one year or even two with Tom Brady. So it's definitely interesting. And I definitely think that he'd be better than anybody we have. It's not necessarily the right fit, but I definitely like the question. I definitely, I, I, I like that right there. Yeah. Right now I would love to have him over anyone yeah, right? else that we have. <laughs> say no. Yeah. I hear you. It's really all saying no. Let me give you one. We've been talking about um, the Bears a lot and quarterback for them. What about if things just don't work out after what happened this year with Dak Prescott? Because to me, Nikki, all the bear, <clears throat> all the Bears need easier said than done is a quarterback line. That sounds ridiculous because that's big. You need to have a you know awesome quarterback and obviously line to protect him. But they have a very very good to great defense. You know, pick up another young running back or whatever. Allen Robinson, you got out there, you can find, you know, younger players. I think that Dak Prescott would do excellent with the Bears, knowing that he's got a hell of a defense behind him, and he doesn't have to worry about putting up 40 points a game. Yeah, um, having good defense takes a lot of pressure off the offense, right? Oh, what a novel idea. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I don't get some of these teams. You're right. He has to, you know, Dallas is one of those teams where that offense has got to put up 30, 35, 40 points just to keep pace because that defense is just going to give it up. So I can see what you're saying. Um, I think he would probably love to play. And Chicago is a really good defense. They've got to get some pieces together on offense. He is leaps and bounds better than Mitchell Trubisky. Um, so, yeah, I can see that. I like that. Yeah, yeah thank you. I, I, that's who I, I didn't even think about that one until this morning. I'm like, huh, that's interesting and maybe possible depending on the relationship. But all likelihood he'll end up in Dallas. Let's see if we can get another uh, another few in there. What else you got, Nick? I have Derek Carr in Tampa Bay. Oh, that's interesting. That's um, really. Yeah, I, I think it is too. And for, for kind of for this reason. So. Look, Derek Carr can ball out, right? Um, and he alone, well, not he alone, but he has pretty much kept the Raiders afloat and their playoff dreams afloat for a couple seasons now. And I'm thinking Derek Carr can run the offense that Bruce Arians so desperately wants. Um, he, and he will have a ridiculous amount of talent around him. Um, and he can handle it and a much, much better defense. The Raiders are very weak, um, you know, going down the middle. And here's what I would say. Tampa Bay is seven and five. The Raiders are seven and five. So with Derek Carr and Tampa Bay, I don't think they get any worse. I want to know do, how much better do you think they get? Are we talking two games, three games, four? Like, cause there's been a couple close games where I think Derek Carr could have closed that out for them. You just come up with some of these sometimes, and I, I shouldn't be amazed because you're, you're very intelligent. I'm not, you know, I'm being, you're very intelligent and you know your football. This one, this one amazes me how you can come up with that. I'm going to have to give it a second and think about this. We're going to take a quick 30-second break, guys, and we're going to come right back and answer this question. Derek Carr 
to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Very, very interesting. Guys, 30 seconds, third and free podcast. We'll be right back with you. He's nervous, but on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop palms. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking now. Everybody's choking now. The clock's run out. Time's up. Over Blau. Woo! Eminem bringing it back a little bit for you over there as we doing the letter E today. A, B, C, D, E. We gave you some Elton John and Ricky and Glacius and then some Eminem. I mean, that's perfect. That's what we do on the show, Nikki. We throw it all over the place and whatever comes out, Comes out of the blender. There you go. Beautiful stuff. Loving the songs. Loving everything. Third and three podcast. We are back. We're going to pick it up where we left off. Nikki proposed a great one. We were talking about quarterback switching and which, in reality, what player would be better on this team. And Nikki, you said Derek Carr to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That yes. is awesome. That is just awesome. I I didn't have to think about it. I just didn't want to ruin it and run out of time. We had to get to our commercial break. That makes so much sense. Again, when you talk about the air raid offense, and that's what John Gruden loves to do in, in uh, Las Vegas now anyway. That's what he loves to do. And Derek Carr definitely has the arm for it. So if Bruce Arians wants to run that offense, I think you freaking nailed it. That would be the perfect guy. He's young. He's hungry. He wants to win. He'll fall in line, and he'll throw the ball anywhere Bruce Arians want. And he could do it, too. And they can protect him also. You know, they really can. So. I think that would be an awesome spot for him, even though I know he loves the Raiders and, and he's doing a great job there now. And I'm sure that, you know, the city doesn't want to see him go, or at least the fan base don't want to see him go. But I think that that's not only possible, but it would be an awesome fit. So I love that one. Nikki. Yeah. I, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. And like I said, Raiders seven and five, Tampa Bay is seven and five. And I think if Derek Carr, was on the team this year. I think Tampa Bay's probably got at least two, three more wins. Uh, you know what? They may. that Maybe two, maybe three. You might be right. I mean, again, it's uh, not Tom Brady's fault. It's the system that we're talking about. And hence why I was saying I was confused whether or not he would fit in with the 49ers or whatever. But, yeah, it'd be much better uh, for Bruce Arians' way to have Derek Carr in there. But, again, Tampa should just kind of fall in line with what Brady has been done in go on to the Super Bowl, run the ball in short passes, but they don't do that. That's why Derek Carr would be a much better fit. Very interesting one, Nikki. That's good. You came up with Carson Wentz to the Colts last week. Look, yeah, you should be a GM or something. I, I don't know what to tell you about <laughs> Yeah, That's hey, good. what am I doing in project management? Get me sure. into one of those league offices. Let's go. GM, Tricky Nikki Giss. That's what I'm talking about right there. Let's get that thing going. And speaking of Tricky Nikki, you know what time it is. This is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right on time. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right on time. It's tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. 
That's right. That is her song. Now she's walking down the wrestling, the WWE, and the best song is playing. You know that Nikki, Nikki, Tricky, Nikki G is in the house, and it's knowledge with Nikki time. Again, I am by myself on this one. She kind of did me a favor last week and went New York style, my hometown where I, you know, born, bred, live, love. Yes, I'm here in Florida right now because of the weather. So I did all right last week. That means that I'm in a lot of trouble this week, right, Nikki? <laughs> no, I think, uh, you know, I'll go hard hitting when Dee's back because you got to take it for both of you guys. So we're doing That's Christmas true. movie trivia this week. Oh, boy. Here we go. I got to go. Now I got to go really back into the brain. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, Jay. In Christmas with the Cranks, what do the Cranks decide to do instead of having a traditional Christmas? Oh, shoot. Oh, no. I've seen that movie once. Oh, what? <laughs> Want to just throw any guess out there? Why can't I remember this? Um, Another Tim Allen vehicle, by the way. Very funny. Ah, that's right. Um, you know what? I, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to guess at it. I really don't know. What is it? Um, they decided to do a 10-day Caribbean cruise. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's come back to me a little bit right now, but I, it would have taken me an hour to probably get that. But all right, that's a good question. That's a fair one right there. The Cranks. I'm going to go watch that back again. All right. Hit me up with another one. Another one. In the movie Elf, what was the first rule of the Code of Elves? Hmm. <laughs> what was the first rule in the Code of Elves? No elf shall be higher than Santa Claus. <laughs> Uh, it was treat every day like it's Christmas. Ah, Will Ferrell's full of crap. He doesn't believe in that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I gotta remember these movies better. Ah, Christmas movies. All right, give me a Die Hard one. No, I'm kidding. Oh, there's no Die Hard on here. How dare you? Never, never. All right, uh, let's go for another one. Let's go for number three. In Jingle All the Way... The action figure Turbo Man is based off of what real-life toy that inspired the movie? Is it, um, oh, geez, um, what's his name from that damn movie? Say the question one more time. Maybe I can get it. Um, in Jingle All the Way, the action figure Turbo Man is based off of what real-life toy that inspired the movie? I forgot the name of the toy. Is it that, is it that um, like, space dude from, um, from Toy Story? No. It's a notch. Son of a gun. Who is it? Cabbage Patch Dolls. Oh, wow. How come I don't know? Wow, I'm, I suck. I'm doing so bad. Where, Damien? <laughs> I need you, bro. <laughs> Help me. Oh, gosh. All right. Let's move on to number four. What is the best-selling Christmas movie of all time? The best-selling Christmas movie? Uh, Walk on 34th? The Grinch. I should have known that best-selling movie. You know what? That doesn't make sense going way back then. Who's buying shit like that? 
the Grinch. You're you're number one, huh? Duh. <laughs> Good job you sticking that in there, the Grinch. Damn, I, I gotta brush up on my Christmas movies. Well, I, I, I will. see that. That's your homework. No football this yep. week. You gotta watch these Christmas movies. <laughs> In between games, that's it. I'm yes, gonna, I'm gonna there you on. go. <laughs> all right, I got two more for you. Try to get, like, let me just try to get one point out of you, all right? All right, I'm all right. I hope so. Okay. According to IMDb credits, what Christmas song has appeared in the most movies? Hmm. What Christmas song has appeared in the most movies? Okay. Um, So many Christmas songs and appeared in the most movies. Um, well, it's not the one we just played. Uh, it is not Mariah. No, I didn't think it would be. It, Jingle Bells. Yes. Just popped in my head. I'm like, it's got to be. All right. All nice right. job. You got one. Okay, got, got one it. left for you. You ready? Yeah. Okay. What Christmas movie is the following quote from? Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. Um, oh, man. Is it a Christmas carol? No, Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, man, I was thinking that in my head, too. I'm like, don't say it again, because you just said it, you putz. <laughs> and I said, walk on 34th Street like a moron, too. <laughs> I, <laughs> you should have corrected me then. Be like, you idiot. What are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody's taking a walk. It's a miracle, you schmuck. <laughs> yeah, and on 34th Street, no less. Oh, I ain't walking there. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for a pretzel. <laughs> That was good. I like on 34th, no less. That's perfect. All right. You got me good there, but those are great questions. Somebody who paid attention to Christmas movies a little bit more might have done better than me, obviously, but nothing wrong with the questions right there, Nikki. That was great. And I had a fun time not answering them correctly. (laughs) (laughs) You got Jingle Bell, so you got one. Yeah, I got that one. I got that one out of the billion Christmas songs. So at least I picked that one. All right. Knowledge with Nikki, absolutely awesome. When Damien gets back next week, he's going to get a taste of this medicine over here. Yeah. So <laughs> you should make him do six on his own or eight. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He deserves it. He deserves it. Abandoning me over here. Oh, man. <laughs> Excellent job, Nikki. That was fun. That was really good. That was really good. And more than fair, by the way. More than fair. And that, that might be freaky for me, but we're doing freaky fantasy football draft right now like we always do. It's only the two of us. Again, my man, D, he'll be back next week. And look, when we were doing the draft last week, Nikki, I'm like, no, this is not good. She's going to kill me. And she did. She beat me by 30 points. 30 points. That wasn't even close. I mean, again, Darren Waller balled out for you. Of course, Aaron Rodgers did a great job. The Giants defense, again, in real life and in fantasy, 24 points right there. You had Tyree Kill. I did okay. Look, I had Kirk Cousins got me 30 points. And Justin Jefferson, that duo over there, he got me 25. Um, when I said, I'm going to take Evan Ingram, you laughed at me. You're like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and you got, you got me 5.2 points. <laughs> you're like, you sure you want to do that? You're almost like, <laughs> dance over there. But, uh, but you nailed me, Nick. You got me good. Great, great picks. Great week out of you. And it gets even harder because the players are getting shorter and shorter. The list is getting shorter. So here we go. 
You won, which means I get to go first, and then you get two picks, and we'll keep going snake drafting around. So here we go. Who am I going to take first? We got quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense. I'm going to take, with my very first pick, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey because he's absolutely awesome. And why shouldn't I take him? He's a freaking the best tight end because George Kittle isn't there right now. The Chiefs are playing the Dolphins. Yeah, I know they got a tough defense, but you can't guard everybody. So I'll take Kelsey with my first pick going tight end. Now you got two, Nick. All right. So let me do. I. Yeah, I'm going to take Chris Carson. I'm going to go running back. I'm going to take Chris Carson. Ah, that's who I was going to (laughs) take. I mean, really? Come on. What's your problem? I thought we were cool. Damn it. You keep saying we, we are. But this is competition. And I You're right. You know what? I get a little grinchy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's a competitor, folks. There's no doubt about it. All right. You took my running back. Now you're probably going to take one of my other positions to go for it. Mm, no, probably not. So let's see. I will go. Um. <laughs> Is Michael Thomas playing this week? I'm gonna. I'll check right now, but I'm almost positive that he is because he's on one of my teams. So let me just look. Hang on, two seconds, and I'll pop it right up. If he is playing and Drew Brees is back, yep, that might not be such a bad thing. Yeah, that's what I'm. All right, let's see, Thomas. Let's make sure. All right, Michael Thomas is okay. He's questionable. Um, Philadelphia's giving up seventeen goals. Fantasy point. Michael Thomas. No, no, no. Averaging over one. They don't give. They say he's questionable, um, but really not giving much of an update over here. So I don't know. Um, you know, you you know, if you want, if you want. If you're going to pick a different receiver and he is healthy, you know, we can switch it. That's perfectly fine. We'll mention it on the show and everything. But all they're saying right now is questionable. I'm not seeing much um, explanation. So I'm not sure what you want to do with that. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, I don't uh, see. Let's see. Well, let's just – I'm going to do a little wide receiver look up real quick, but I will jump to my defense, and I will take the Saints defense against Philly. Okay, seriously, this is, like, ridiculous. So, like I said, you're going to take my team, and you took my defense. So, <laughs> all right. You look up your own stuff, okay? I might help I you. Am, I am. I am. I'm trying to do that right now. <laughs> Took, like, I mean, all right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to let you take my next two. I, I just can't. I'm, I got them on the board. So I'm going to take them right now. I'm going to take Matt Stafford and Julio Jones. So I got my quarterback and my wide receiver. And Julio Jones is healthy this week, right? I didn't see anything on him. I believe he is. Yeah, I'll check it also really quick, but I'm pretty sure he's okay. So while I'm looking, you go to your next one. Um, so you got, two, you got two picks. Let's see. So I you – know Wow, I'm sorry, Nick. Julio Jones is questionable also. Son of a gun. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nah. <laughs> oh, wow. man. 
Okay, so maybe I don't take Jones and oh boy, wow, this is the toughest uh, draft we've had so far by far. You know what? Then I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with uh, Mike Evans. Let's okay, just, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take Jones right out. I'm gonna go with Evans. I think that a lot. I think all the wide receivers. I think especially Godwin and Evans are gonna have big days. So I could have gone either way, but I'll go with Evans for this one. I think I think he gets in the end zone. So I got Stafford and Evans and. So far, you got Carson and the Saints, and now you got two more. All right, so let me hold on. Let me just, yeah, I'm not going to chance it with Michael Thomas. Uh, AJ Brown is is playing right for Tennessee. He he's uh, yep, as far as I know. But again, I'm I'm going to check everything. We're doing a live show, and you know what? It's coming out the way it's coming out. AJ Brown. Here we go. Another one who is questionable. Everybody's oh my questionable. God. <laughs> Everybody's like questionable. Just, yeah, I feel like they just put that there so they, you know, they just screw with the other teams, you know? Probably. All right. You know what? I'm going to take AJ this, Brown. Though. Yeah. AJ Brown, he did not practice today. He did not practice. Oh, no, my God. He did not practice. All right. You know so, what? Oh, gosh. And Michael yeah, Thomas is questionable. So let's do this, okay? I'm actually going to take Keenan Allen against Atlanta, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I, I think that's a good pick. I, was, I, I had already used Keenan Allen. I was thinking about him also. So that's a good one right there, no doubt. No doubt. You still huh. got quarterback and tight end, but take your time. All good. Struggle bus this week. Um, it really is, right? Okay. Let's go with uh, – I'm going to go Phillip Rivers because I had Stafford on mine and you took him. So, I will take Rivers against uh-huh. the Raiders. At least I got you back a little bit. All right. There we go. There we go. Okay. So, you got Phillip Rivers against the – not bad. That's a good pick, actually. I like that one. Yep. And you get um, also your tight end. Did you do yours? Did you go? You're done? No, no. I still got running back and defense. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Oh, no, but you just did. I, no, I'm sorry. You did Allen the Rivers. That's right. It's yeah, my turn. Yeah. I apologize. I'm sorry. You're 100% right as always, Nikki. <laughs> or at least a 99.9% right, just as far yeah. as you can get up there as possible. All right. I'm going to take um, this week. My Niners have Washington. I think the Niners step up on defense. So I'll take the 49ers on defense, even though not a good showing against Buffalo, but. It's not going to be the same type of game. I don't think so. I'll take the Niners defense against Washington. And now I got to pick my running back who you stole from me. So you know what? I'm going to steal right back from you and take your Giants. I'm going with Goldman this week. Good for you. Against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I think he could do some damage. Didn't the Seahawks. Why not? So, yep, I'll go. I got Stafford, Goldman, Evans, Kelsey, and the Niners. You got Rivers, Carson, Keenan Allen, the Saints defense. All we need is your tight end. Um, again, I don't know if Mark Andrews is healthy. I don't want to risk that. So I'm going to go. Oh, you know what? Mark Andrews is playing because um, I have him. He was just on the COVID list. So let me just oh. double check for you. Let me double check. But I think that you're good to go with him if you want him. Oh, that would be. Yeah, he was on the COVID list. He wasn't um he wasn't injured. So Mark Andrews, yep, uh nothing on him. He he looks clean, ready to go. Uh Mark Andrews. Yep, Ravens it. activated Mark Andrews off the COVID nineteen list. That's a great pick. Great pick. I'll take it. Okay. Very nice. Good thinking. Oh, that was hard. So that <laughs> <round's dead. laughs> it was hard. 
man, we still got three more weeks of that after. It's going to get crazy tough. Oh, my God. All right, nice. Rivers, Carson, Allen, Andrews, and you got the Saints. I got Stafford, Gorman, Evans, Kelsey, and the 49ers. All right, outcome to be determined. This one, you didn't run away with this as far as the drafts are concerned. See what happens with the point system. But, all right, well done right there. Yeah, it keeps getting harder and harder, Nikki. It really does. We want to use players, and now they're questionable, and we're already running out of players. It's like, man, but, hey, whatever. It's all good. So that's our freaky fantasy football draft. You know how we do it, guys. And now we're going to get nuts with our weekly picks, our locks, all that good stuff. Let's do this, bad boy. Let's get it on, Nikki. You ready to roll? Ready to make these picks? All right, so I'm uh, getting that NFL music going for you just to pump you up just a little bit. Let's get to our first game over here, guys. The Patriots at the Rams, Thursday night football. The Patriots coming off a blowout, shutout, 45-0. All the tomatoes went to the Chargers with Nikki over there. But they're going to the Rams this time, so L.A. at home. We know the Patriots can travel. They were just there in L.A., so they probably made. It only makes sense on a short week. So they have to travel, so you can take that out a little bit. But I still like the Rams because, like I said, they're a well-rounded team, more well-rounded than, than, than New England for sure. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game, Nikki, but I still like the Rams because they're overall a better team and they are well coached. So I'll take them only by a field goal, 21-18. So I got the Rams. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going to – I agree with you. I think they're just the better team. Um, Jared Goff just passed for 351 yards after being called out by his head coach. Their offensive line is – Locking really well. I think they got a better defense. I'm going to go Rams 24, Pats 20. All right. Nice. Yeah, a little rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple of years ago. We'll see how this one comes out. I highly doubt it's <laughs> going to be 13 to. Th- boy, oh boy. All right. Next one. We talked about it a little bit. Vikings at Bucks. Both right now are in the playoffs if it ended today, but it doesn't end today. So they play each other. Nikki, it's in Tampa Bay. They just had a week off. What do you think? Yeah, Tampa Bay, they just had that week, uh, extra week to prepare. I think Tom Brady cleans up the turnovers this week. Bucks have the league's top run defense, so I think they're going to challenge Dalvin Cook. I'm going to go Tampa Bay 28, Minnesota 21. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That pretty close on the score, 31-17 for me for the Bucks. Yeah, I think that having that extra week and time to, you know, speak with Arians, you know, get the offense right, you know, I feel like this is it. And if they're going to be a real team going forward and in the playoffs and make noise, I think that this week that they were off will have a lot to do with it going forward. So we'll see what happens. We both like the Bucks in that game. The next one, Chiefs come down here to my neck of the woods right now in Miami to play the Dolphins. And Dolphins playing really good. But now Tua's got to go up against the best in Patrick Mahomes. And we know Mahomes can do it anywhere, Nikki. So what do you think about him going on the road playing a tough Dolphin defense? Yeah, Dolphins rank second in the league in creating turnovers. They have 20 on the year so oh, wow. far. Yeah. Good stat. Good stat. Um, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to be the team to give them those type of opportunities. So I'm going to go Kansas City 31, Miami 20. And I agree with you for the exact same reason. They're not going to turn the ball over. And if they do, it'll be maybe once. You know, They know that this Miami team is for real and they're on the road. And this is a game now that they definitely want to win. They want to win out so they can get that number one seed. So you're going to see the best of the Chiefs this week. I got them 30 to 20. So far, we're in total agreement on the first three games. 
I think we'll agree on this, as the Titans coming off that crazy loss to the Cleveland Browns traveled to Jacksonville, where, like we said before, Jacksonville gives a lot of teams problems and will fight in there to the end. And I think they'll fight with the Titans for a while. But ultimately, I think that this is a very high-scoring game. And Derrick Henry will be able to run. Tannehill will be able to pass. And if A.J. Brown gets on the field, he'll have a day. So I'm going big score, 45-35, the Titans in this one. What do you got? Wow, that is a big score. Yeah, I think a lot of points. But neither defense is really that good. So I think that we're going to see a lot of points. Yeah, that makes sense. And their first meeting was 33-30. And Jacksonville yep. played really tough. So, But I do agree. Right. I think Tennessee – absolutely bounces back here. I have a lot of confidence in them this week. I have Tennessee 28, Jacksonville 21, and I'm going to lock in Tennessee. All right. All right. I thought about it myself. I wasn't sure, but yeah. Yeah. I, they I got to win, locking. right? They got to win. They have to win, especially if the Colts beat the Raiders. They yes. absolutely have to win. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, next game, um, neither one of these teams have to really worry about winning, and that's the Cowboys at the Bengals. Again, <laughs> <Yeah, it doesn't laughs> It don't matter for this year at all. The Cowboys have shown me nothing. The Bengals play at least with heart. So that's got me flipped up a little, Nikki. It's like I feel like the Cowboys, as sick as it sounds, come in there with more talent because they haven't been showing it. But I feel like the Bengals are the hungrier team. So I, I don't know what wins out in the end. What, what do you think? Oh, Andy Dalton coming back home, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I didn't yeah. think of that person. Um, see, that's the thing. I feel like since he, like – they actually have a pretty decent defense. They're not as terrible as the Cowboys, but I think Andy Dalton just finds a way. He has a little bit more experience. Um, so I'm going to go Dallas 23, Cincy 13. Yeah, and despite what I said, I actually agree with you. I think the Cowboys will get a win there just because of the talent. It's going to have to show up somehow, some way, whether it's Zeke, who had a good game last night, but, again, just couldn't pull it out. So – Maybe he'll get back, you know, his stuff. Even though they're playing for basically nothing right now, maybe they'll get it back together. So I agree. Cowboys 24-20. Now we got the Texans at the Bears. And just imagine if Deshaun Watson was the quarterback of the Bears, how much better they would look right now. But it's in Chicago, Nikki. The Texans coming off that tough loss. The Bears, they're just, again, they're, they're total stinkers. And, you know, this week they'll probably play pretty good defense and won't be able to score much. And I think the Texans will do enough just to edge them out 23-17. Okay, so you're going Houston? I'm going Houston. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. The Texans are favored. Line jumped up a point. That was as of last night. Um, I tossed this one up a lot, actually. I wasn't really sure which way to go. I'm going to lean Chicago only because I think if they get that run game going with David Montgomery, they're going to be able to control the clock at home. Um, and they do have a great defense, so I think that might force – Deshaun Watson into some situations he doesn't want to be in, and Houston puts it all on Deshaun Watson. So I'm going to go Chicago 26, Houston 22. I like that rationale. I like that thinking a lot. It makes a lot of sense. I'm not, I'm not going to change my pick now. No, I'm sticking with it. Houston. You'll wait for Sunday. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll wait for Sunday to do that and mess up my whole fucking thing. Could have gone 10 and 5, but oh well. Uh, next one, Broncos at Panthers, really not one that people are going to be paying a lot of attention to because of their records. They're both out of it. So I don't want to spend – personally, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this game, but even though Christian McCaffrey is not going to be active for this game, I believe that the Panthers will win handily. They'll score. The Broncos still have problems. They just can't figure it out, even though the defense is playing a little bit better. 
But this is a weird one to lock in. I'm locking in the Panthers in this game at home. That's how confident I am that they're going to win, Nikki. So I'm going Carolina, and I'm locking that bad boy up. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going Carolina as well. Denver is, you know, they're trending up here and there in certain games, uh, but they're 2-4 and four on the road, and they turn it over a lot, and Carolina can take advantage of that. So I'm going Carolina 23, Denver 20, because I do think they will get something going. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be, a, you know, decently close, but I feel like the Panthers will keep it, you know, they'll have the lead for the whole game and win it handily. That's what I think. So that's why I locked them up, and I'm definitely locking up the next one, even though people will be like, did you watch last week's game? Yeah, I watched last week's game where one of the best defenses in the league handed it to the Seahawks. Now they get another New York team coming into their stadium, the Jets, nowhere near as good as the Giants. So I am locking the hell out of the Seahawks this week. They have to win. They want to reclaim that division title. Right now the Rams got it. So I am locking it up 38-22 over the Jets. I got the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. I am locking up the Seahawks. Of course they're going to win. Chris Carson's back. I think he's going to run all over that defense. Jets will find a way to lose it in some epic fashion anyway. Uh, But, (laughs) uh, yeah, Seattle 31, Jets 17. All right, all right. Yep, we're in agreement on that one. Now, here comes the game that we were talking about, which has a lot of effect on the AFC playoff picture with the Raiders on the bubble and the Colts in the bubble with the seventh seed right now, even though they're tied uh, with Tennessee uh, atop the AFC South. But the Colts go to Vegas to play the Raiders, and this is a huge game, like I said, Nikki. Where did you go? Um, yeah, this one's tough, but I'm excited to watch this one. Raiders barely escaped the Jets last week. Their defense is a big concern. We know they like to leave the middle open, and that's where the Raiders are weak. And I think that's where Rivers is going to take advantage. Now, he's lost to them both times as a charger, but he's got a whole new town, uh, bunch of talent around him. And that Indy O-line, I think it might be a little too much for the Raiders. So I'm going to go Indy 31, Vegas 28. I love it. I totally agree with you, and you broke it down perfect. You're even going to say the things that I said that um... – as far as the, the middle, look, Philip Rivers is doing a very good job. I love what Naheem Hines can do. And then, you know, once in a while, that rookie Taylor, like, you know, he'll bust out a 40-yard touchdown like he did last week. So I'm going Colts also. It's going to be close. I'm not comfortable with the pick, but the Colts on the road against the Raiders, yeah, I'm going to take them also 27-24. So we both got Indy in that one. The next game, uh, I think this has lock sandwich written all over it, Nikki. It's the Saints at Eagles. It doesn't matter where they're playing. They could play on Jupiter. It really doesn't make a difference. They're bringing in Jalen Hurts to go against one of the best defenses in the league. Drew Brees might be back, and if he's not, I don't think it really matters. I think they should probably sit him another game because they could win this one easily with Taysom Hill. The 3-0 with him. I don't see why that doesn't stop. I got the Saints winning this one 26-13, and I'm locking it in as well. I am with you 100%. It is a lock sandwich for me. Saints 24, Philly 16. All right, no doubt. We're, we're in lockstep on that one easily right there. Now, here's the game that's going to flip everybody the freak out, and that's the Falcons at the Chargers. Okay, what do you do with this freaking game where the Falcons blow your mind every week, whether they win or they don't, and the Chargers, I don't know where they got that goose egg from last week, except for that great New England defense when Bill Belichick puts it together. But we know they can score and I think uh, Keenan Allen, one of the one of the boys you picked in your team, is going to have a pretty big day. Falcons on the road at Chargers. I, I, throw away whatever stats if there are on this game. I just think it's going to be a battle. It's going to be turnovers. But ultimately, I think the Chargers finally 
get a win. And Justin Herbert has a really nice day. So I will take the Chargers 29-23 over the Falcons, Nick. Yeah, um, I feel like with these two teams, you think it's like looking in a mirror. Like, I <laughs> just like, I, I don't even know what to do here. But I do know there is no way the Chargers, like, are going to be embarrassed like that again. Um, they both have questionable questionable play calling. I don't know what to expect from the Falcons. They're two and three on the road. God knows what team we get out of either of these guys. But I'm with you. I'm going to go Chargers 28, Atlanta 24. Yeah, nothing is going to surprise us in this game. If it's a blowout either way or it's a 3-3 tie at the end of the game in overtime, it just these two teams are whacked out of their minds, and I can't keep up with it. So we'll see what happens. Here's another one. We got the Packers at the Lions. And, you know, don't go so quick, guys, just jumping on the Packers. I'm going to tell you right now, the Lions do play them tough, and sometimes they sneak out a win over them. But not this time. It will be a high-scoring game. I have it 40-35, to Nikki, in favor of the Packers, only because they're on the road. I think it's going to be that many points. But, yeah, I think the Lions will be in this one for a long time during this game. They just will give the Packers problems somehow, some reason, because it's a divisional battle. But ultimately, Packers 40-35 to over the Lions. What do you got? Um, I think if I read this correctly last night, I believe – Green Bay can clinch the NFC North with a win and a Vikings loss, which is very much <laughs> probably yeah. could happen. Um, yeah, I don't think Green Bay loses this. I don't think it'll be a cakewalk like against a division rival. I'm going to go Green Bay 27, Detroit 24. Okay. All right. Well, both agree on that. Green Bay on the road at the Lions. think they'll take care of them. Uh, whether it's a high-scoring game or not. Let's move to Sunday night football. Seeming to have some normalcy over here with the games now. We got the Steelers at the Bills. Holy crap. That's a huge freaking game right there, Nikki. I mean, not as much as for the standings, but just for a clash of two tight, for lack of a better term, Steelers at the Bills over there in Orchard Park, upstate New York or western New York, I should say. Look, you said it earlier, the Steelers have not been playing that well for the past three weeks now. Are they seeing is it the schedule, them getting screwed over? I don't know. But I do know that the Bills are intact. They're tough. They can score. I know the Steelers got a tough-ass tough defense game and say that. But I think Josh Allen has a brilliant game, even against that defense. And they win it 31-28 on Sunday Night Football. I like Buffalo. Um, yeah, Jay, I do too. Uh, Buffalo is five and one at home. I know they're coming off a short week, but, um, obviously <laughs> they're a pretty good record at home. I think Buffalo has some momentum. I think the Steelers are exhausted, running out of steam. They play like they're exhausted and, um, yeah, yeah I'm going to go Buffalo 26, Pittsburgh 20. I think it's a good way to put it. Like the Steelers play like they're exhausted. It's the funniest thing. The guy who's got the most energy is Big Ben. It's yeah. unbelievable. And he's like 38 years old and doing his thing, right? <laughs> old man River doing his thing over there. Good for him. All right, let's keep going. We have a few more games, and then we're going to close Bad Boy out for the night and let you guys enjoy all the beautiful – the Ravens at the Browns. We talked earlier, Monday Night Football. I don't know. The Ravens own him, Nikki, right? So how do I pick the Browns? just because the Ravens have not been playing well lately at all. I mean, they just haven't. Even last night, they didn't play a good game. You know, they ran well. The Browns will be prepared for that. They know this team. They got their ass kicked by them in, the, in week one. I think that they returned the favor, not with, their, with an ass kicking, but I think it'll be close. But ultimately, you know what? 
the Browns got mad momentum right now, and they're feeling themselves big time. So I'm going to take Cleveland 32-28 to 28 on Monday Night Football over the Ravens. Don't tell yeah. your husband that. No. <laughs> I'll tell him the fast forward this part. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, this is tough. Like, who would have thought this would have been a tough one to pick? Um, this right. is the time this season. The Ravens are playing primetime. So this is a huge chance for the Browns to change the narrative if there's – you know, some doubters out there still, and I, rightfully so. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough battle. I think they're going to come up just short. I think the Ravens are going to just find find a way at the last minute, pull it out. I have Baltimore 30, Cleveland 27. Yeah, if Baltimore is going to win this game, it's going to have to be their defense eating up their the Cleveland's run game. That's To me, that's the way that they win this game. If they can do that, if they can stop the run game, they will, they will definitely win this game, Baltimore. But – it's really hard when you got an offensive line like that and two top running backs, you know, coming in fresh. It, it's going to be a tough one. I can't wait to watch it. We got two more games, guys, and, of course, they are our games. It means the most to us, the 49ers, who are really out of it by now, but the Giants are in first place, so we'll save that for last. Washington coming to San – well, not San Fran, coming to Arizona, where we're playing our home games now a little bit. Uh, Nikki, we're going to do you a favor this week. We're going to beat Washington, okay? So don't worry. <laughs> You're going to take care of them. We'll beat them. It'll be a very low-scoring game. I'm talking like 19 to 13, a lot of defense. This will be a very quick game also. We're talking like a a two-and-a-half-hour game probably because we're not going to see a lot of throwing in this game. I really don't think so. So who can run the ball better? Who can play better defense? I like the 49ers. So I'll take them, and we'll do you a favor while you guys take care of the Cardinals. Um, I appreciate that favor. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm actually with you. Niners are healthy at home. Both teams have allowed less than 24 points per game. So I'm going to say 24 is the magic number. Let's go Niners 24, Washington 20. All right. Hey, whatever the score is, I hope that you and I are right at the end of the day for my sake and for your sake. This is a 49 team we're both rooting for this week. And I'm definitely with you because you know what? Giants are playing against the Cardinals. I got no love for them. So we are on team third and three podcasts this week. That's it. You know, we're rooting for each other all the way. Cardinals, Giants, Nikki. This is interesting because I haven't seen them play a team like this or even a quarterback like this and have the defense have to deal with now Kyle Murray's Murray speed, what he can do running the ball, and how they're going to prepare for that. This is a tough game for the Giants defensively having to deal with it. Offensively, I know they're going to score. I know they're going to run the ball well. But will they outscore the Arizona Cardinals? This is your team. Talk to me. It's at home. In New Jersey slash New York, what do you think? Um, yep, just Jersey. Get that right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Arizona's lost three consecutive games since the Hail Mary uh, game, but you're right, Jay. I haven't seen the Giants play a team like this. This is a high-powered offense when they get going, and it concerns me. Um, Giants defense has allowed 20 points or less throughout the four-game win streak, and they will have to play at a high level against this offense my lack of confidence lies in Colt McCoy I don't know that they could keep up we're not sure if Daniel Jones is back yet honestly I'd probably just sit him this week and see if maybe we can get the run game going um I'm just going to default here to the higher powered offense I'm going to go Arizona 28 Giants 24. Uh you see I, I that's I love so many things about you Nikki you're you know you're my partner over here on the podcast but you're also truthful and you go with what you really believe in your mind and your forget about the heart in your mind your football mind you're very very smart that's why you're always winning every week 
do a great job. And I'm with you. I had to go back and forth. And I think the Cardinals kind of stunned the Giants a little bit with an offense like we talked about that they really haven't seen before, at least this group under Joe Judge. And then you got D-Hop out there with a few other guys. So, yeah, I think that the Cardinals have a good game this weekend, uh, you know, against the Giants, unfortunately. I really hope that the Giants win, but I, I think also that Arizona – is going to come back and win this game. And it's look, the weather could be a factor. Maybe that'll help, you know, against the Cardinals. We'll see. But I'm certainly rooting for the Giants, but I think that Arizona does take this one. So I don't know. We're all rooting for the Niners. We're all rooting for the Giants over here. We got week 14 coming up. Our locks are in. Nikki, who are your three locks? We got uh, Tennessee, Seattle, and New Orleans. I also got Seattle and New Orleans, and I locked in Carolina against Denver. So our records are going to be coming out fantasy football draft. I got to do better on knowledge with Nikki next week, but this is going to be a very big week of football, Nikki. We only got a quarter left of the season, four games left for each team. So this is big. It starts right now. Who's going to be going to the playoffs and all that good stuff. So next week is going to even be a crazier show. December football, nothing like it. And Damien's back next week. That's right. That's right. The trifecta will be back in the house on third and three podcast guys. We had a great time doing the show. We hope that you have a great time listening to the show. Follow us at Third and Three Podcast. You can follow me at Sports Profit One. That's the number one. And follow Nikki at Nikki Nick nine three eight four. And you better follow. She got great, great stuff. Every time that she, anytime she tweets something, there's a million responses. I don't know. You just had that like gravity about you or something where people connect. It's amazing. <laughs> unbelievable job i'm very grateful it's like a christmas present to me that you're my partner in this thing we're getting damien back i can't wait it's going to be an awesome time the three of us will be back next week and nikki i think that we held it down great i had a lot of fun we got our picks we'll see who wins next week and hey here we go football tomorrow night yep i'm excited they i think we did what we could i hope we made d proud i hope he's enjoying just everything right now because this is one of the happiest times of you know, somebody's life. And uh, yeah, Jay, thanks for being my partner in crime every Wednesday night. Couldn't do it without you. You know, you know, and I could not do it without you. There is no doubt. You constantly remind me of how ridiculously dumb I, no, you don't say that I'm dumb, <laughs> but you put it into perspective, the things that I forget. And it's just amazing. Like, Jay, don't forget to do that. Jay, don't forget. To, <laughs> like, you're right. I, I forgot. Thank you, Nikki. God bless you. <laughs> now nah, you really are the the knowledge with Nikki is fantastic every week. You put in so much work and you do such a great job, really. I'm very thankful for you. You're awesome. You're the best. Thank you. you are the best, really. And the rest of the best is coming back in next week, guys. So third and three podcasts. We are out for this Wednesday. You got our picks. You got our locks. Enjoy the games. And we'll see you next time.